From the offices of Courtney Dehoff, a.k.a. her apartment in Dallas, the cowgirl-turned-television host brings you the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. This podcast is where country and city living collide. Cowgirl Problems is dedicated to anyone who is trying to figure out what the heck they're doing with their life. It's for the cowgirls, cowboys, entertainers, and everyday hustlers sorting through all of life's problems. Buckle up. Here goes nothing. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Cowgirl Problems Podcast. And our next cowgirl can actually see me. And had I known that she was going to be able to see me, my God, I would have at least put on eyelashes or something. Because she is one of the most chic people I have ever, I want to say met. I consider us friends at this point, Allie, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if, okay, you're shaking your head. So that's mm-hmm. a yes. Allie Addison is an absolute horse crazy wonder woman who is running this brand that I love everything about Milton Manasco. Hello, Allie. Hello, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. And so you know, I mean, you, you call me chic, but I'm very grungy right now. You can't see it and no one else can see it. But yeah, there, it, I'm total horse girl in the dust, covered in manure. I mean, you know how it is. I get it. And this is what I love about you. You do both. You're fancy and you're, you know, a little ranchy. You're a little, you're a little yes. horse dirty every now and then. Yes. I appreciate about you. So Allie, I was actually listening to a podcast that you were on um, before we jumped on today. And I wrote this down because I thought this was so interesting. And I just love this about you. I want to know about your background. And you said you called yourself sort of the black sheep of your family because you sort of grew up in like the rodeo and Western community. It sounds like much like I did, but you said, I discovered that I feel most at home in an English saddle. Okay. Walk me through this. How did this all come to be? Because we know your horse crazy, but I want to know how this process sort of evolved for you. Okay, totally. So you have to bear with me because this happened when I was probably around eight years old. And there's only so much that I think we can remember when it comes to being that age. Like, obviously, we remember all the good things. But I do know that something happened. I had gotten a pony. Maybe I should back up even further. So, yes, I come from horseback riding, ranchy, farming parents ranchy family everybody rides everybody has a mount um was dragged around as my parents went to team ropings um was the junior rodeo kid all that good stuff and i ended up getting this great little pony who ended up being a wonderful all-around pony somehow something happened at the tender age of eight years old that influenced me and i said i would love to try riding in an english saddle and see what happens and if I, if I had to pinpoint it, maybe it came from being on my grandma's ranch, which was actually next door to our ranch. And she had nine children. My grandma had nine kids. And so with that comes a tack room with an enormous amount of tack. And in that huge tack room with an enormous amount of tack, because you have to remember, nine kids from my grandmother equals about 30 cousins. So we had a huge family. <laughs> Maybe more. I I think I actually have more cousins than that. But in that tack room were some old, crusty English saddles. I actually have one of those English saddles sitting in my living room on display. I mean, this thing is disgusting. But for whatever reason, I have it on display. And I think that maybe that's where the influence came from. I saw a piece of tack that I knew nothing about and thought, well, I should give it a try. And I had this pony who, like I said, ended up being a great all-around pony, and I was the kid that flip-flopped. 
one weekend I would go to a junior rodeo on this horse or pony. The next weekend I was going to an English horse show. I was a pony club kid. I was doing three day eventing. Then we bounced back over to Jim Canna. We'd be barrel racing, pole bending, goat tying. I mean, it was just like the all around situation. So from that, fast forward to today, I still ride in both disciplines. Like right now I'm sitting at the hunter jumper barn that I ride at. And I got to get my butt home this afternoon and exercise my barrel racing reject and make sure that she's ready to go for gathering cattle tomorrow. So it's, oh. it's really all over the map. I love this about you. You know what? I have ridden for 30 years. I've mm-hmm. never ridden English. I have never, I don't think I've ever even stepped foot onto an English saddle. And I'm so you have to. I'm like, why have, why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I think of this? Okay, I'm taking it. I'm taking. I'm taking notes. I'm gonna. I'm okay. gonna try this someday. It'll. It might be horrible. I probably. It's fall a bucket off. list item. No, it yeah. won't be horrible. If you can <laughs> sit a horse, you can sit in an English saddle. I mean, it's. It's just balance. But I found as I've gotten older, I love my ranch horse. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. I love that lifestyle. But I also love a massive seventeen hand warm blood, that's super upright, super forward. I love the, the competition of doing jumpers. I think it's just thrilling. I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's no different than running barrels. It's no different than team roping. It's a thrill. It's a thrill when you have that perfect match. And, um, yeah, I just, for whatever reason, I gravitate towards that style of riding. Oh, so it's making my heart beat faster. Just like listening to you talk about it. Cause I just, I like you, I love anything that has to do with horses. Mm-hmm. I found you on Instagram. And honestly, I was a little disappointed that I had not found you years ago. I don't know where the disconnect was, but I came upon Milton Manasco on Instagram and I thought to myself, who is the person behind this? Because I want to be her. I want to be best friends with her. Like I just- Which we're getting there. We are getting there. Girl, (laughs) I just love everything you're doing. So I want to start with the brand. And I want to start with the name because the first thing I did was Google Milton Manasco. And obviously it comes up that Milton Manasco was a famous artist. And then imagine my surprise. I figured, you know, you just maybe were into art. And so you took his name. You're related to him. Oh my goodness. How cool is this? So talk to me about Milton Manasco and how it started. Okay. So maybe we could back up even further. And when you asked me, like, how the heck did I get into English writing? And possibly this was another influence at the tender age of whatever it was. Um, My great aunt. Okay. I am the great niece, you can say, of the artist Milton Manasco. He passed away before I was born. But his wife, my great aunt, lived throughout my entire adolescence. And I knew her very well. She lived in the next town over. I spent my childhood going to her home. And in her home, from corner to corner, was her late husband's artwork. And it was deeply rooted in the thoroughbred racing industry commission-style art. So I was surrounded by his art pieces. My grandparents had his originals. My mom had prints and originals, all my aunts and uncles. And this is on my mom's side of the family. So again, nine children on that side. Everyone had Milton Manasco art. Like I was drowning in this stuff as a kid, (laughs) but I loved it. And I remember as I was like 
total horse girl energy where we sit there all day at school and we doodle horses. That was me. That was everybody. We all did that. And I thought at a very young age that I wanted to grow up and be a famous artist. Um, I'm not as skilled as that man was. <laughs> not even close. But um, yeah, so, so anyways, great uncle. And probably five years ago, I had had a baby and I was on Instagram and I was searching. I was in the, I was in the process of collecting his art. We have a lot of art that lives within the family. Um, a lot of pieces that I have inherited over time, but there's so much more out there because he was a commission based artist. So he was commissioned by huge farms and ranches to paint famous horses. And I've seen it circulating on auctions, online auctions, physical auctions, and I wanted to start gathering it. So I did some research, started buying some pieces, and then I wanted to basically create a space where I could save all these things that I was finding and then things that were inspiring me in the art world. So I started an Instagram handle, named it after him, and it was really just for my own enjoyment and my own digital collection of pieces. And then somehow it snowballed and here we are today and I'm highlighting stuff that he did. And then I'm throwing out artwork that doesn't even match up to the level that he had, but it's happening and somehow people kind of like it. So um, maybe you could say I modernized his style and it's not his style at all. He was super, super classic and, and very PG. And maybe I don't fall into that category entirely, but that was the inspiration. He is a family member. My name is Allie. My name is not Milton. <laughs> I am not a man. I am a girl, <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It's just kind of worked and, and it's, it's given him new, new life in terms of highlighting his career in a way. Like I've, I've been featured in some magazines and done some articles. And the fact that after all this time, I believe he died in 1974. If we could still talk about him, his career, the artwork that he produced, I think that that means a lot. It means a lot to me as a descendant to be able to highlight that. Oh, that is so cool. And I think what just from my perspective, anyway, what really drew me into what you're doing, I didn't know the story behind it. So that makes it even more cool. But I didn't know the story behind it when I found you on Instagram. But what you're doing is very unexpected. And I love this because first of all, you are like so chic that it hurt. I look at you and I'm like, dang, like I thought I was like pretending and being chic-ish. And then I look at you and I'm like, wow, I have failed. But I, I think what I love about what you're doing is it is so unexpected and you're bridging that gap and you're sort of, you're, you're, your brand invites people in who maybe didn't grow up in the equine world, who maybe don't have anything to do with the equine world, but they just love horses. And that's what I really love about Milton Manasco. So talk to me a little bit about, have you always been into fashion? Have you always been like just, you know, a walking magazine at like, I see pictures of you and I'm like, is this real life? Is she real life right now? So how did this all sort of evolve into this? Yes. Yeah, so I like clothes. I love style. I mean, a, a lot of people do. Um, I, I find it to be a great creative outlet right now during COVID. It, I'm not looking too chic or too hot. I'm like the sweatpants queen. 
But if I'm given the opportunity to take it up a notch, I'm going to. And I am that chick. Okay. So this last summer, I about killed my husband. We went to Las Vegas. We went to go see Elton John. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going all out. Like, if I'm going to go see Elton and we're going to have a date together, then I'm really going all out. So I come out of the bathroom and he's like, what are you wearing? And I had this like headdress thing. And then I had gone and gotten a body chain drapey thing that came down that I actually picked up at a a really X-rated store that afternoon. So anyways, if I had the chance to get out of my sweatpants and really, really do it, correctly, I'm going to do it. I love style. I love fashion. I think um, I was also that kid that came from a very rural background, lived on a ranch my entire life. Uh, My parents are very simple people. And probably in that angsty, like 12 to 13 year old range, I'm like, I'm leaving this town. I'm leaving this life. I'm moving to Paris and I'm going to work in fashion and I'm going to work in style. And they probably rolled their eyes inside, but what they told me on the outside was like, okay, what, whatever you got to do, you do you. So yeah, I mean, I like it. I love it. This is a great platform to express that. And um, yeah, I wouldn't say it makes me who I am by any means. It's just another component. And I, I am very honored (laughs) that you feel I'm so chic because I'm just a big horse dork. That's all I am. I'm a big nerd. <laughs> oh, gosh, no, I love it. And, and I think, you know, my, I, full disclosure, I have no idea what I'm doing with this like fancy lady cowgirl thing, but like you, it's just something that I'm passionate about. And I've always yeah. sort of wanted to be both. I wanted to be a cowgirl and be dirty and be out with my horse and blow snot rockets and just like be that yeah. girl. But I also want to wear designer clothes. I can't afford designer clothes, but you know, I'm speaking this into existence. I want to wear high fashion. I want to, you know, be like the girls in Vogue. And so I'm sort of trying to combine the two and you do it so beautifully. And one of the things I really love about you, you're not afraid to push boundaries. And we've talked about this via direct message. So I want to talk to you a little bit about just pushing boundaries, whether it's just with your funny sentence, which honestly, that was the first thing I saw on Milton Manasco. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, I will love this. So talk to me about like being a little edgy and how does the equine world or the rural Western world, how do they respond to that? Okay. <laughs> so I have a lot. Okay. There was one thing that you and I had talked about and for the listeners, I'll kind of give a quick little backstory, but when I put myself out there, like today, for example, and I realize that this will be talking in the past by the time this airs, but like I have videos that are on my stories today. I'm not wearing makeup. Like I, you get me as I am and you're going to hear me as I am. I'm not going to censor anything. Um, I'm going to speak off the cuff. I'm going to just show you who I am 100%. And, um, there was a, photo opportunity that I did with an incredible friend of mine. She is a stylist based out of California. Her name is Courtney. She's fantastic. She owns this great hat company called Banner Hats. And we did this great little shoot, like on a whim. I was wearing no makeup. She pulls, she comes into my closet. She's like, let's do this, this, and this. Pulls an outfit for me. We load up the horse in the trailer, drive out past the ranch. And I was not wearing a bra 
during that. And that's fine. Like that's to me, that's totally fine. It was freezing cold. So if you put all that together, I'm <laughs> sitting on top of my horse, I'm freezing my, you know, what off. And, um, the picture circulated and a lot of the response was phenomenal. And then of course, you're always going to have some people that question, well, why would you dress like that to ride? Why would you sit on your saddle like that on a horse? Why would you do this? And you know what? That's totally fine by me. That you can question it. You can respond. I'm probably going to shoot back with a really witty response because that's how I would naturally do it in the real world. So I do get some of that sometimes, but you're always going to get authentically me, no matter what. And then the other, the other feedback that I usually get, this is so embarrassing, and he's going to hear this. So my parents bless their heart, somehow started their own little Instagram. I know your mom does too. Like they don't put oh. any content out, but they do it to follow. Exactly. So my parents follow me. And every time I do something that raises an eyebrow, they never ever engage with me on the platform. Instead, they screenshot it and text it to me. <laughs> parents usually, do. yes, usually like very rarely will I get anything from my mom but my dad will send me stuff and he'll be like, okay, so my real name is Allison, not Allie, but I go by Allie. And he'll say, Allison, I don't know about this. And he's like this total cowboy dude. And um, usually it has anything to do with uh, some words that are not entirely appropriate, but he's always the, he supports me wholly. Don't get me wrong. He really does. But he's always the first one to say, I'm not quite so sure. Allison. <laughs> I love it. And this happens all the time. So yeah, you, you authentically will always get me and yeah, that's what it is. And I think that shines through in your brand so beautifully. And I sort of, I've only had two, but jogger watch, there's been a couple yeah. of women who do not appreciate my over-sexualizing of men, but at the end of the day, you know, I talked about it with my mom and I was like, am I going to get sued? Like, am I going to go, like, should I stop doing this? But that's just me. I just, you know, I'm sorry. If there's a beautiful man, like I'm going to look. I want to see it. I want to see it. I am like the biggest fan. And for the listeners, I'm always telling Courtney, like, please keep doing this because the area where I work out is next to a retirement mobile home community. <laughs> So all the people that I have to see are just not on par with the uh, fellas that you're seeing. I love it. I just didn't like vision you. You messaged me that. And I just envisioned you like working out with like the geriatric community. Seriously. With their it, just, it makes me laugh. It just makes me laugh. Um, I was listening to the, to the same podcast that I heard you on and I, I wrote another thing down that I really loved and it actually like I needed to hear this. And you said you can build a brand before you have things to sell. I've sort of, I never had any intention of ever selling anything. Like my brand is just sort of Courtney, a TV host or whatever. And then I yeah. decided to buy stickers and I put them on Instagram and I hadn't even figured out tax or shipping and I lost money on all of them. And I sold, and my dad was like, wow, you really don't know what you're doing. And I said, no, I don't. But I love that you said that you can have a brand and you can build a brand and, and maybe not even have things to sell or even know what you're doing. It's yeah. not like from what I've heard that Milton Manasco is this wonderful. You're, you're years and leaps ahead of me, but it sounds like it's still growing and evolving all the time. 
every day. Totally. I, okay. So I had said that in that interview, I was thinking back on that. That's been like nine months ago that that interview Mm -hmm. happened. And it is so true. Like what an incredible marketing and sales opportunity Instagram allows and, and gives to all of us where that we can build something. We can build that credibility, um, before we even enter into the world of commerce. And, um, that is what I did. And then last fall in October, November, 2019, I finally started selling things, but I didn't sell my own things. Instead, I entered into partnerships on collaboration products. And someone asked me like, well, why are you doing that? Why are you launching and collaborating on these products and allowing these companies to sell like your intellectual property and goods with your brand and your name on it. And I said, well, I really wanted to test my marketability. I wanted to see if I was indeed marketable, if people could buy into my brand. I had built something that I had no intention of ever creating product. It evolved from there. So then I'm, I came from, um, my, my education is in marketing. It is in business. So I wanted to use it as a marketing exercise and a tester. And I launched with other brands with collaboration products before I actually launched things on my own. And I felt like it was a really great learning opportunity too, to see how it's done, what I can do when I finally launch my own goods. And I didn't launch my own goods until this was my fault, like 10 days before Christmas, which was a total, you know, what show. Yeah. Um, I should have launched it like in November or October, but it was crazy and insane. And I finally got things together. I threw it out there. I put it up. I had done my homework beforehand in terms of like developing the website, getting all the tax stuff, the sales tax, of course, great things when you do business in California. Yay. (laughs) We won't go there, but I got all of that put aside, handled and then launched 10 days before Christmas. So I have not been around in the world of commerce for that long, if you think about it. Um, And you said it's an evolving thing and every single day it evolves further. I love that. And it it makes me feel good to know that you haven't been in it that long because I look at obviously how far you've got. I bought stickers thinking like, well, I'll buy a few, maybe like my friends will buy them and then I'll just make my mom buy the rest of them because no, like nobody's, yeah. People, I, I didn't, I didn't even charge sale. <laughs> like I was so clueless, but again, it, it just made me, it was the same sort of thing. Like sometimes you just have to try things to see like, are people even interested in this? Like they do that. Totally. even want to be a part of fancy lady Calgar or Milton Manasco. And I think that we're always surprised how into it totally. people actually are. Totally blows me away. Every time. Okay, let's talk about the future. What are your like big grand plans for just sort of this gap, this bridging of the gap that you're doing with with your brand? I mean, do you have any like big, hairy, audacious goals that you want to tell us about? Oh, well, Lord, I feel, I feel, okay. We are doing this interview in 2020. Everything is turned upside down. True. Seriously. So whatever plans I had in January, I was like, yay. I don't know what the heck is going on now. I am literally flying by the seat of my pants. I am uh, continuing to do a ton of collaboration stuff. I have some big collaboration products that are getting ready to come out. I love collaborating with people. I love, um, 
building those relationships with other brands. I have one that's getting ready to launch in about two weeks with, uh, I won't go into too much detail because we're trying to save it, but it's with someone who is on the other side of the country. She has produced something that you read. Okay. And um, she has an incredible PR team that's built around her. And it's really allowing the horse community to spread a message to mainstream community. So this is kind of where I've always wanted to go. Like, how can we take this horse girl energy and give it to the world and make the world see? I mean, they already do. Everyone loves horses. There is a reason why massive brands continue to use these in their advertising and marketing campaigns. There's a reason why people gravitate towards this lifestyle. Like you said, maybe they've never been around a horse. Maybe they've never had the opportunity to ride, but there's something about those animals that they find magical. And so they gravitate towards it. I think that's always been part of my goal was to mainstream things as much as possible. It's a trickle down effect. It's great for the sport. It's great for all disciplines. It's great for the industry. Um, how we do that right now is an evolving daily mm-hmm. exercise every single day that changes. And, um, yeah, right now my big plans are continuing to push collaboration products, continue to bridge that gap between this niche market that we're in. In all honesty, the horse world is still very niche, um, and make it as mainstream as possible. Oh, I love it. I'm just, I, I just am listening to you and I just want to be like, giddy up. You know what? Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Which if you're not familiar with Milton Manasco, go to, go to Allie's Instagram, Milton Manasco and look up the, the black sweatshirt. I will own that someday. I am just biting. It's quite, it's quite the statement. I personally love wearing it. It's my favorite. When my kids were in school, but like during drop off, like I pull into the school and I get out and like, Hey, you're the best mom. I, do, I just know. I just know you're the best mom. Allie, thank you so much. I know you're sitting in your car. I know you have things to do. You're running an empire. I've got to let you get back to it, but I'm going to pick your brain on things. And I just am so excited that it's official. Now we're best friends. Okay. I'm going to totally. talk to you best friends. So yeah, thank you so much. And uh, it was a pleasure having you on the Calgary Province podcast. You are welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Courtney. And we will resume soon. Yes.